0: to Hey YA extra credit. Every other week opposite the main Hey YA podcast will bring you a short form podcast either as a book club discussion with a beloved YA author or as a look at some excellent backlist YA books for your TBR. I'm of Price and today I'm going to talk about working class teens who have jobs but first let's hear from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Fence Disarmed. The boys of King's Row are off to training camp in Europe. Surrounded by impressive scenery and even more impressive European fencing teams, underdog Nicholas can't help but feel out of place. With the help of a local legend, though, he and the rest of the team finds it within themselves to face superior fencers, ex-boyfriends, and even Nicholas's secret half-brother, the infamous Jesse Costa. Will Aiden and Harvard end up together, though? The second installment of this original YA novel series by Sarah Reese Brennan explores never-before-seen drama inspired by C.S. Picotte's Fence Comics series. That is Fence Disarmed. Thank you so much for the sponsorship. All right. So my interest in working-class teens who have jobs definitely goes back to my own uh, high school years. But uh, my current interest was sparked by a tweet that YA author Aaron Hahn put out a few, I would say a few months back now. And I tried really hard to find it, but I couldn't quite manage to do so. So I'm just going to paraphrase. But basically the tweet was like, were you an after school activities teen or an after school job kind of teen? And it really sparked this great little discussion about the importance of representation of teens who have to work and not just for the summer, not just the occasional babysitting gig, and not like the cutesy job where, you know, they barely put in any hours on the page and like their lives wouldn't be significantly more difficult if they didn't have that job. So I was definitely an after-school job teen. I got my first after-school job um, when I was a freshman in high school at age 14. You know, it was about as young as you can get in my state. I had to get a work license through my high school. And I worked fairly consistently throughout high school, although I did participate in one after school activity, which was Quiz Bowl. And I really love Quiz Bowl because I like trivia, but also it was ideal for me because it only meant met once a week on Wednesdays, which meant that like I could actually work because Wednesdays were just Quiz Bowl practice and meet days. So my senior year of high school, I got my first official job as in, like, I actually had to fill out paperwork for the IRS. And that was when I was 17. And it was the total opposite of, like, the glamorous or cool or cute YA job experience because I was a gas station clerk. And let me tell you, that job sucked. But it was a job and I needed a job and I stuck with it throughout the rest of high school and into, oh, I I think I... Finally left that job after my first year of college. So I was there for a couple of good years. And that was when I switched over to the more sort of y charming job. And I worked as a indie bookseller, which was really amazing, but still work. So I think this discussion is important because... I knew so many teens who, although they might not have been putting their paychecks to like rent or their parents mortgage or like groceries week to week, like they had to work if they wanted any money at all. Or if they wanted a car or a cell phone. And, you know, keep in mind, I went to high school in the late 2000s and that was before we had iPhones or before anybody but like businessmen had smartphones. So, you know, there were a lot of teens who, you know, maybe they weren't dangling on the edge of a financial precipice, but like they had to work for many practical reasons. And, you know, even as a teen, I knew, you know, which restaurants in town would hire you if you were under 18. And I knew which convenience stores and which storefronts, you know, that you might want to get hired at because, oh hey, they have really decent hours or like they'll work with people who are still in high school. Like These were things that we talked about because a lot of us had to work. So, and I even knew somebody who, the moment he turned 18, got a factory job in his senior year of high school, and he would work two 12-hour overnight shifts every Friday and Saturday night. So this is the reality of a lot of teens. I think these experiences are far more universal than we often give credit for, and yet I find that they aren't often reflected in young adult literature that we see coming out today. Certainly, there are some great books, I'm going to talk about a few of them, but We tend to see teens who grow up poor or are economically disadvantaged in some way, um, but they don't always have to work or their jobs aren't always a big part of the narrative. And I really wanted this episode to focus on like the experience of work And especially the experience of like working very unglamorous jobs, because despite the unglamorous aspects, you know, there can really be like wonderful sense of camaraderie with your fellow employees, or there can be real satisfaction in showing up to work and getting the job done and in earning your own money and making your own decisions about money. You can also learn a lot from these experiences, whether they are good or bad. And unfortunately, it can also cause you to grow up faster than your peers, which can bring its own sense of, like, issues and awkwardness. Like, I will never forget the feeling of having to leave a party early the summer after high school. I had to leave all of my friends uh, at a party and head home at, like, 8 p.m., and they were really kind of mean and unsupportive about it. But this was also I could get up at 4am for my opening shift at the gas station. And none of my friends had jobs that summer. And it felt really unfair, kind of isolating. But like, also, I knew that I had to be responsible. And I knew that I needed that job. So that's just what I did. So as a reader, and as a YA author, I would really like to see more of these stories explored in YA, because there's a lot that work can teach you, especially about, you know, inequality, working class, what to expect of adult life. But it's also time of discovery. And I think there's a lot of validity in these jobs, opening your eyes to what you want out of life, but also what you don't want out of life. So I'm going to talk about five different picks, and then I'll give a few sort of rapid fire bonus picks. So my first pick is My Best Everything by Sarah Tomp. And Louisa Mendez has worked at a junkyard her entire high school experience. And now she's graduated and ready to leave it all behind and head off to college. She's leaving her small Appalachian hometown. But then she learns that her father has lost the tuition money that she needs. And it's, you know, summer before college. So it's too late to go and apply for financial aid. So unless she can come up with the money really fast this summer, she is stuck at home for another year. So desperate, she cooks up this really risky and very illegal scheme to make moonshine because it's lucrative. And so with the help of her friends, she sets out doing this. But while making moonshine maybe manageable, selling it is actually dangerous and things don't go to plan. Um, I like to call this kind of like the breaking bad of YA. It was a really excellent book about, you know, what desperate people do when they need money and uh, how, you know, there's usually more than one solution to a problem, even if you can't see it at the time. So that's My Best Everything by Sarah Tomp. My next pick is Jackpot by Nick Stone, and it's kind of close to my heart because Rico, the protagonist, is a gas station clerk, and I was one of those as well. So Rico is 17, and she's, you know, basically already counting on graduating from high school and then just shifting over into a management position and working full-time at this gas station. And she knows that it's necessary because she supports her mom and her little brother with her salary. Like, her mom doesn't, like, quite work enough or doesn't quite make enough money to cover both of their living expenses. So it's Christmas time and the jackpot lottery is especially high this time of year, which I found very relatable working as a gas station clerk. I would notice that we'd sell a lot more lottery tickets when it was really high and Uh, You know, all sorts of people are coming in and buying tickets, even people who might not normally buy tickets. So it's Christmas Eve. A very nice older lady buys Rico a ticket and she buys one for herself as well. But she kind of slides the ticket over to her as a Christmas gift. Um, which is very much a thing that would happen when you work at a gas station around the holidays, especially. But Rico's 17, so she's not really supposed to have it. So she's kind of being secretive about it. But also this happens just as a very rich and entitled classmate named Zan comes in to the store and she's kind of embarrassed and she doesn't really want to be seen by him. So she just kind of takes the ticket and says, thank you. And she kind of rushes off and she doesn't think too much of it until later she discovers that the winning ticket for this mega million jackpot was sold in her store. And it's not the ticket that the older lady gave her. But considering that she had to, you know, if you're unfamiliar with lottery, like the the customer gives you the numbers that they want to play and you have to punch them in and then print out the ticket. So she remembers the numbers and she's pretty positive that this older lady's other ticket, the one that like she didn't pick is the big millionaire winner. But the tickets never cashed in and it's all over the news. Like, you know, there's one more winning lotto ticket out there and nobody has, has basically, nobody's claimed it. So she decides that she needs to enlist the help of Zan because he was there when that woman came into the store. And they need to find this woman and encourage her to cash it in. And perhaps, you know, if Ricos were paid for her kindness and letting this older lady know that like, hey, you have a winning lottery ticket, then you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing ever, because she could sure use the money. So I really like this book because it is a really fascinating sort of exploration of what, what happens when you have somebody who desperately needs money, somebody who comes from money, all of the problems and the issues that are associated, you know, with that and like the awkwardness that can come with that. But they're also looking for this lottery ticket that would hopefully, you know, really change lives. And, you know, it doesn't do that thing where So much of conventional wisdom is like, oh, you know, money can't buy happiness. Money doesn't solve all your problems. Well, you know, Rico knows that money would solve a lot of her problems, not all of her problems, but a lot of them. And, you know, the reality is that that money does does make things easier. And when you don't have it, you do have more problems. So I think this book explored that wonderfully. And that's Jackpot by Nick Stone. Um, My next pick is Get It Together Delilah by Aaron Goh. And Delilah Green is an Australian teen who lives with her dad and works in his cafe, The Flywheel, after school. But before the book starts, her mom leaves her dad. Her dad is heartbroken and he, you know, gets this opportunity to go on this extended international trip. And he really wants to go. So he entrusts the cafe to the manager. He entrusts Delilah to friends and he basically takes off. But then the cafe manager is actually, uh, deported because he is an undocumented immigrant and his paperwork isn't all, you know, quite in order. And Delilah finds herself sort of dropping out of school, not completely, but pretty much dropping out of school to run the cafe and keep it going because she doesn't have it in her to tell her dad to come back early. And, you know, this is the family business and it's also, you know, their only source of income. So she's really got to keep it going. But the cafe, unfortunately, is not doing so hot and she's working around the clock to keep it going. She's trying to keep school off her back and, you know, they're trying to get her to come back to school and she doesn't want to. Um, She also is bullied at school. There's some mean girls that she's trying to stay away from. But most of all, she's trying to stop herself from thinking about Rosa, who is this beautiful flamenco dancer who performs at the restaurant across the street and she can't stop thinking about. So that is Get It Together, Delilah. It was published in Australia as The Flywheel. It's written by Erin Goh. And I love this book. I also, side note, loved her other book, Amelia Westlake Is Not Here. So my next pick is Permanent Record by Mary H.K. Choi. And this is one of those YA books that features a slightly older protagonist, um, but it's, it's still YA. So it's about Pablo, who is 19 or 20, and he works overnight shifts at a bodega in New York City since he dropped out of NYU. And he has... A lot of money problems, as in like he's in deep with credit cards. He's not great about not spending money he doesn't have. You know, his parents, his mom does pretty well, but she's not going to support him. His dad is not super rich and he know he kind of is afraid of asking for help and he's trying to make it work on his own. And he knows that he doesn't you know, he doesn't have anybody, he's just going to completely bail him out. But he even still, he just won't ask for help. So his life changes when a pop star walks into the bodega in the middle of the night. And they kind of share this weird moment that gradually turns into a relationship. But he's not 100% honest with her about his money problems or the fact that he has had to drop out of school, which creates some tension. I really like this book because it is... A depiction of somebody working a job that is not glamorous but you know you just you've got to make that money and sometimes it is difficult because your job demands a lot of you when your friends or the people you're hanging out with aren't having those same worries so that is a great book about that and that is Permanent Record by Mary H.K. Choi Um, My final pick is Please Ignore Vera Dietz by A.S. King. And like, this is just I think one of those books that's destined to become a modern classic, in my opinion. Um, I love it so much. It's A.S. King's second novel. Um, So Vera Dietz is the protagonist. And when the book starts, she's not in a great place. She was secretly in love with her best friend Charlie, but he dies before the book begins. And at the time of his death, they weren't exactly friends because he'd fallen in with a crowd that Vera hated. And let's just say that the feeling was mutual. So she works at a pizzeria as a pizza delivery driver. And, you know, she's not very rich. Like her family is, is kind of, I would say lower middle class. Her parents are split up and she lives with her dad and he's doing his best. But, you know, sometimes that is not that it's not good enough, but they just aren't really connecting at the beginning of the book. So this is very much a grief novel because Vera is grieving the loss of Charlie. She's got a lot of sort of self-hate and a lot of she feels very conflicted about a lot of things. And she must, over the course of this book, confront the past and learn how to make better decisions. And I really enjoyed that her job as a pizza delivery driver was really a big part of her story. And she spends a lot of time at that job. So that is Please Ignore Vera Dietz by A.S. King. Some quick bonus recs Charming as a Verb by Ben Phillip is about a guy who walks dogs um, as an after school job, but the twist is that. He does it through an app that he actually built. And so he's kind of double dipping because he's making money from this web service, but also as a dog walker. Some Girls Do by Jennifer Dugan is a book I recently finished. And one of the protagonists, you know, she, her family is quite poor and her mom is determined that she competes in beauty pageants. And so she must teach dance lessons and really work hard there to kind of make up money so she can do these beauty pageants that her mom insists on. And she also fixes up cars on the side. And then shout out to Story of a Girl by Sarah Zarr. It's been forever since I read that book. But I do clearly remember that that protagonist had a job at a pizzeria. And that was pretty, you know, significant to the plot. And then finally, The Babysitter's Coven by Brittany Williams is a really great book about a girl who has a babysitter's club. And she's very serious about her babysitter's club. She's got standing clients. She's very organized. This is not just the teen who babysits on the side occasionally. Um, She's really quite intent on building up her little business. And there's also some supernatural shenanigans. So those are all great books that I recommend as well. Thank you to today's sponsors for making this show possible. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Tears of Price. I would love to hear your recommendations for working class teens who have jobs in YA. I'm always open to that. So give me a shout. And then thank you to Jen Zink, our audio editor, for making Hey YA sound great. We will see you again next week for the main podcast. And until then, happy reading.